This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Bartholomew Town is brought to you in part by the University of Rhode Island Online, who offer a wide array of programs. Learn more at uri.edu slash online or give them a call at 401-874-5280. That's 401-874-5280. At HealthSource RI for Employers, we provide access to health insurance to more than 1,100 local businesses and nonprofits, and 96% of them renew through us every year. Maybe it's our choice of 19 different health plans, our 10 years of customizing solutions, or our one local team of dedicated experts helping employers find quality health insurance. See how our numbers stack up for you. Learn more at healthsourceri.com slash employers. Steve Maciel is with the One of 52 Hunger Network and recently sent out a press release, a call to action to make Rhode Island a food secure state. This is really fundamental to the work that you've done. Thanks so much for making the time this morning here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, been looking forward to this and uh, appreciate your support. So we met several years ago i i I know we've we kind of run ran in the same circles in the music world and obviously in the political world and just in general in the rhode island world so to speak and you had approached me about one of 52 which is a great program that um there's there's really no other way to put it other than it's real deal human action on a major issue really one of the major issues of our time. I guess for the listeners, just sort of summarize what the, what the 1 of 52 Hunger Network is mm-hmm. and, and how you came to develop this concept. Yeah, when I approach folks about joining, um, you know, sometimes I want to feel it's almost a no-brainer. But the beauty of it is um, when you explain the campaign, you really either get a, a very strong yes, I get it, count me in, or a no, uh, sorry, it's way too much commitment for me, I'm going to pass. But the great part about that is it you know, really um, separates the, the wheat from the chafe, uh, as, as they say, because we don't um, ask for anything up front. There's no fees or dues to join us in any way, shape, or form. It's basically just a, a commitment to take uh, a minimum of one action in one week annually, uh, to, you know, to use your talent to do this. And the actions can be anything from very simple up to very elaborate. But since it's an annual commitment, um, you know, that's where people sometimes just say, you know, it's, it's not right for me. And, and that's really okay. I mean, I know in my heart, there are at least uh, 52 in every state um, that would understand what we're doing here and commit to um, taking action in one week annually. And I've certainly proven that in Rhode Island because we have way more than 52 uh, weeks of the year accounted for. And now, you know, if I had uh, this to do it basically as my full-time job, I would have this all together. But um, we'll now start to break the groupings of 52 out into the cities and towns and if we exceed uh, 52 there, we'll break it out right down into the communities and then <laughs> we'll go right to the villages if we have to. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's such a simple but powerful campaign that really anybody can participate, um, use their talent to uh, make a difference. 
and everybody has a unique talent. Um, the campaign focuses on music and the arts, but you know, if you are an incredible baker, for instance, or make any kind of food or product, you can um, use that talent and um, somehow apply it to helping us to end hunger in Rhode Island and beyond. Let's talk about the broad issue of hunger in Rhode Island. A lot of people think, well, I don't, I don't have numbers on this, but I assume you get the flavor that a lot of people think, well, the food bank will handle all of that and there's already infrastructure in place. There's a lot of detail in hunger in terms of culturally appropriate, dietary appropriate meals, but it goes way beyond that too. And there's definitely folks who are food insecure that the current system in place just simply does not reach them, doesn't meet the, the basic needs for those folks. And as we see economic trends right now that, you know, we're not on, we're not in pandemonium, but housing is up, groceries are up. And who knows where this is going? And it's a problem that is definitely not going away anytime soon. So just on the issue of food insecurity in Rhode Island, what's your overall take from an expert standpoint, from someone who's in the thick of this world, on the state of food insecurity in Rhode Island right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm by no means an expert. I do have a, a lot of institutional knowledge about the uh, the subject. And um, I don't pretend to be anybody who has the solutions to um, ending hunger per se. Uh, I just know that I have my own talents, and one of those talents is to organize and to uh, come up with unique in um, ways. You come up with unique ways and systems to um, bring about solutions. But the Rhode Island Community Food Bank, those guys are the experts, and I I look to them as the authorities. And I was actually shocked, uh, shocked, I tell you, when I saw some of the recent. Um, the 2023 poll, you know, they do every year where they assess the state of the state of hunger in Rhode Island. And we're actually worse off than many of our neighboring states, where one out of three households in Rhode Island is considered food insecure. And, you know, the basic definition of that is um, basically where they don't know where their next meal is coming from. Um, and that's really pretty pathetic. In this, uh, what we call the land of plenty in the United States of America and in Rhode Island, you know, my contention is we, we know what to do. We know how to do it. Uh, we simply aren't there yet. We don't have all our ducks in a row. And um, one of the things we don't have, and the majority of my push uh, these days is we don't have the political will to end hunger. Because if we had the political will, guess what? We would have already have done it. Uh, so by organizing all these musicians and artists and all their fans and people from all walks of life who just are saying, okay, that's it. We don't accept uh, the fact that one out of three people in Rhode Island, uh, one out of three families are food insecure. This is going to go a long way to helping to create that political will to bring about the end of hunger. And um, you know, we can get into, um, you know, the, the reasoning behind it. We can get into what needs to be done about it. And um, having 
this conversation today, believe me, Bill, is really a part of the solution. Uh, I'm I'm definitely appreciative of the work that you do. And I think you're right. And let's let's get right into those two areas that you discussed. It's really in many ways about political will. Funny things happen when there's political will, so yes. to speak. <laughs> and the reality is that you hear about so many of the crises facing the state, particularly right now, the housing crisis and and others for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. No, no doubt about it. Hunger seems to just sort of be accepted as, well, that's going to be there. We're going to have that challenge. It hasn't risen to the same level in terms of a media or political conversation as housing, for example. And I wonder, how do you create that political will? And, and kind of digging into what you just laid out there, what are some of those underlying themes that are challenging that make it so this topic, as impactful as it is, as significant as it is, hasn't risen to the same level, at least right now, as some of those other key areas of, of challenge? Yeah. You really hit it on the head when, um, you know, it, it's not in, in the at top of mind. It's not a top of mind subject often. And I've actually had um, one particular musician who I have a lot of respect for who told me, yes, I'll help you. Um, I, I believe in what you're doing. and uh, But I got to tell you, I don't think hunger will ever come to an end. It's just something that um, it's impossible to bring to an end. And I said, well, thank you for helping us and thank you for your participation. Uh, I'm going to go about proving you wrong. I'm going to show you ways and um, how hunger can come to an end. And, you know, in this country, it, it shouldn't exist in the first place. So let's get to where it, it doesn't exist. And the thing is, by bringing it to top of mind, what you're going to do is you're going to have a twofer. You're going to not only basically bring hunger to an end as we know it or create food security, but you're also going to bring about reducing this thing that's nagging in the back of everybody's mind, which is, man, if we can't end hunger, we can't do anything. You know, we're, we're like frozen. We're at a standstill. We, we're at this impasse. So by ending hunger, as we know it, and creating food security, you're going to take away that impasse. You're going to really create um, a very powerful position for us as a state, for us as a people to move forward from. Because once you get to the point where you can look around and say, okay, everybody have what they need, everybody eating, everybody uh, getting fed, everybody having got enough food for their family from that incredible power of position uh, powerful position we can really move on and just tackle other issues from that powerful position and you mentioned homelessness man i am not worthy for these people that work in the homeless uh, issues and arena because i you know i have to turn it around and say i don't know if homelessness can ever be solved there are people that just don't want to be housed. And you can't force them to be housed. But everybody's got to eat. Everybody wants to eat. Everybody's got to eat several times a day. Or at least have one good meal a day. And um, that, I know, we can get to. We can get to that point. And then, once we're at that point, um, you know, let's look at the solutions and take homelessness and, and bring the unhoused 
to being housed as many as possible. You ask any family living in a tent whether they want to be housed, that answer is going to be an undeniable, just a positive yes. You know, you may have folks that have issues, whatever the issues may be, God bless them, but they don't want to be housed. They want to continue roaming or doing whatever they do. And uh, we have to make their lives as comfortable as possible too. So let's get them fed. Let's get them comfortable. Let's get them the treatment they need. And if they eventually want to be housed, then that's what we'll do. Well said. Super well said. Completely agree with that notion as well. I want to talk about the specifics of one of fifty one of fifty two hunger network. There's a great article that was published on January 9th by G. Wayne Miller on Ocean State Stories. You can find it at oceanstatestories.org. And it highlights a friend of mine, Allison Rose, and uh, who's an amazing singer-songwriter and musician who's performed here at the loft um, at some of our Bartholomew Town shows and and many other uh, uh, millions of other places as well. She's incredible. And her father, Bill McGrath, who was a big influence on me when I first came to Rhode Island and started playing music here after being in New York, he was one of the first people that started to book me oh, wow. um, and, and was just a real big supporter, would come out and see us play all over the region, and who sadly died in, early, in 2021 of COVID. And just, just leaning on that story, if you could sort of share the connection that the campaign, the One of Fifty Two Hunger Network campaign, has had in a specific context with some of the music community here and some of the action that's come from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill was an amazing person. Alan, Allison is an amazing performer, and Bill and Bill was one of my first friends that died of COVID, and I've had several. Uh, we won't even go there um, about people that don't believe it was. Um, what it was, but you know, it's a perfect example of the one of fifty-two hunger network because we're really organizing on two levels. Bill, on the first level, well, kind of equal levels, but on the to talk about the one level first. Since you know, there's no fees or dues or anything to join the one of fifty-two hunger network, and for those who are uninitiated to it. You may already be taking action to help end hunger or poverty with your existing talent already. So Bill was a perfect example of that. He was holding these amazing events uh, at very unique uh, venues all across the state and bringing in young uh, singer-songwriters such as yourself. And um, he learned about the 152 Hunger Network, and he was kind of already moving in that direction. I forget exactly if he was already collecting uh, non-perishable food items at his events before we met. But when we met and I explained the campaign to him, he said, yeah, you know, this is something we will continue to roll out. I'll make a bigger deal out of it. We'll always make this an ongoing food drive so that you'll know that if you're coming to one of our gigs, you're going to bring some food items with you. And that's just the way it's going to be. And um, I love that, you know, because people can get involved in very, very simple ways. They may already be doing things that would qualify them to join as a member. And uh, you basically, at that point, you just have to say, yeah, I get it. Count me in, sign me up. 
And then that's almost really the end of my involvement. Um, I sign them up. I get them on the website. I post their name and their link, put them up as one of 52. We don't guarantee any publicity, but it does happen organically, of course. But then on the flip side, there are a lot of folks that haven't been taking action. They may have their own causes. They may have, you know, maybe played at a benefit or two over time, but nothing really organized, um, you know, the kind of organization and commitment that I'm looking for. And I make it known that they can participate in very simple ways. They could get started with a food drive. And since it is an annual commitment, and that's, you know, part of the, uh, part of the cachet of this campaign is it's ongoing. They can, you know, just very simply add a food drive to one of their gigs. Um, see how it goes. I do count on them to do it soup to nuts. They basically, initiate it, they advertise it, they collect the food, and then they get it to where it's going to go. And that's up to them. It's all third party. They can donate it wherever they want. If they don't already have a place they're helping, I usually recommend uh, defaulting to the Rhode Island Community Food Bank. But myself and the food bank loves it when it gets donated directly into the local community too. So if you have a local food pantry that you've either used or supported, it can go there. Um, and that helps the food bank because it keeps them supplied and they don't have to send another case of food there because we're helping them uh, stay supplied. So then, you know, the second year around, okay, they're going to do another gig, 152 gig. And sometimes we recommend they do it around their birthdays because it's a great way to remember, uh, okay, this is what I'm going to do around the time of my birthday. I got such and such a gig. I'm playing such and such a venue. We're going to do a food drive collection. And then the following year, maybe pass the hat. You know, collecting food is great. We totally encourage it. But uh, cash is king. And every dollar you give to, a, for instance, the Rhode Island Community Food Bank, they can translate that to $7 worth of food on the street. So it's a, a seven times a multiplying factor. So, yes, uh, collecting food is great. Yes, donating food is great. Um, but getting back to the grassroots as aspect of this, every action that's taken sets the example of how simple this can be and how people can really participate in very powerful ways, which brings us back around to the political will. How do you create political will? Well, a lot of people say to me, well, I don't, be, why don't, I don't want to be involved in politics, but it's not politics at all. It's the political will of the people. And when you do these actions and you, and you set the ex these examples, it's so powerful because other people see what you're doing and they're like, look at this, you know, what can I do? Okay, I can do that too. And even if you're not a musician or an artist um, donating your, your, your work or your talent, your participation can be bringing the food to the events. It can be as simple as that. You can actually join as a 152 member, as a fan of one of these artists, count yourself in, and your action can be making sure that you, every time you see one of these artists performing and you know they're part of the network or even on their own holding a food drive, you can go and uh, support that effort. And it's a constant upward spiral, which uh, many times in Rhode Island, <laughs> we get caught up in constant downward spirals mm -hmm. so we're trying to like change that 
attitude and, and, and get people thinking in this direction. And when I say we can make Rhode Island a food secure state, I'm not kidding. This can be done. It's within our power. We have the capability. There's really nothing stopping us from doing it. We don't need anybody's permission. We just need to take certain actions, set certain examples, lobby the right people, and you can bet what it kind of does come back to politics because you can bet the people that are running for political office, when they learn the political will of the people, what are they going to do? How are they going to act? Because let's face it, they want the vote. Well said. Steve Maciel, 1 of 52 Hunger Network. Last thing here, if someone wants to get involved, how do they get a hold of you? Ironically, my website's down at the moment. It's a very simple <laughs> website. It's uh, www.oneof52.net. But another one of our friends and a fellow 1 of 52 member to you, Bill, um, Tammy LaForest, sure. uh, who's pretty technical, technically savvy, has at least taken on my website URL and is hosting it with her her actions and her setup. And she basically just, when she learned about my problem with the website being down with my host, the people that hosted my site before just ghosted on me. They went away. My site went away with it. Tammy said, I can fix that. She grabbed my URL, hosted it for me, and redirected my website to go to my Facebook page. Very simple thing that I didn't know how to do, but she did. And there's part of her actions as a 1 of 52 member. So 1 of 52.net, uh, we own the URL. We'll, we'll continue to uh, own it. Uh, for now, it'll go to my Facebook page. You can learn a lot of information there. I'll have a site back up and running in the near future. And uh, just you can feel free to contact me. I'm amazed at how often or how not often my cell phone doesn't ring. I'm putting myself out there, folks. Call me directly, 401-368-1325. Ask me how you can be involved and how you can help. In that one conversation, we'll hang up together and you'll know what to do. (laughs) It's so, so simple to become involved. Don't be afraid of the commitment. Don't think we're pie in the sky. We know what to do. We know how to do it. And now we're just going to go about doing it. Steve Maciel, one of the one of the real deal folks here in our community. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Bill. You are definitely part of the solution, my friend. For daily content, follow Bartholomew Town on Instagram and TikTok.